0: Hey everyone, I'm Johnny.
1: I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books.
0: Each week we'll discuss a featured cookbook.
1: And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste.
0: This week's featured cookbook is...
1: Everyday Dinners by Jessica Merchant. Hi, Johnny. Hey, hot stuff. What's happening? <laughs> Not much. How are you? I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm good. We're we're day drinking, kind of.
1: It's late. It's late in the afternoon. Late day. But
0: we're starting earlier than we normally do.
1: Yeah, we had a a cocktail to photograph. So cheers. we're like, cheers. Yeah. So Johnny is and we drinking. We had a podcast to do. So
0: what is that cocktail you're drinking called? Um, it's called like the. Back 40, I think. Back 40, yes. And And it's from a a book that's a food memoir, Mm -hmm. but it has recipes scattered throughout. And so uh, as part of our obligation to promote it, we did a drink recipe from the book and Mm -hmm. did a photograph. Yes. You'll see that in our social media soon.
1: Tell them what is in the cocktail. Uh,
0: So it's bourbon, uh, a little bit of lemon juice, some maple syrup. Uh, simple syrup mm-hmm. and then uh we garnished it oh and it's got orange bitters mm-hmm. and then we garnished it with these really cool candied
1: de- oranges yeah
0: dehydrated candied orange slices from good old trader joe's yep and what are you drinking
1: i am just drinking a bourbon ginger ale a short one classic yeah
0: all right well welcome to tasty pages episode 47 uh podcast from cooking the books Um, I'll get a few things out of the way per usual. Um, If you go to our website, which is wecookbooks.com, you'll see a store tab that you can click on that will direct you to our amazon.com affiliate page. And this is probably the most effective, direct, immediate way that you can support what we do. Um, So rather than us standing out in the corner panhandling, you can just go to that Amazon tab and click either the kitchen essentials for home cooks list or the cookbooks list and for every purchase you make we'll get a little something in return best of all it does not cost you a penny more you'll get a little something that you're looking for you'll support us in the process what could be better
1: you really stretched that one out didn't you i did (laughs) making the most of it i'm a
0: hustler (laughs) all right uh let's talk about what we're working on right now yes we finally moved on to a new book. We I, did. I think the last few episodes we've been discussing uh, the previous book we yeah. were uh, working on, and we and we finally finished it. It took the, a while. The Dada Eats. Yes. Uh, that was a good one. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have a full report coming up for that. What are we working on now?
1: We are currently working on Chinese Food Made Easy by Ross Dobson.
0: Classic Chinese name. <laughs> I guess... Uh, Chinese Food for Dummies was taken I, already, but
1: so. I have to say I really am liking the book, and everything seems really copacetic and authentic to me. But I'm still, I still d- don't think I'm okay with like
0: I've got some thoughts this
1: white it. dude,
0: yeah, being. A,
1: dude, we yeah, don't need to okay. go
0: down the rabbit hole now. I, I've got some thoughts on it. Yes, I. Know. Um, We'll we'll talk about it when the time comes. Oh, we also finished up finally um, another book that we had kind of been working on over several months. Oh, weeks. I feel
1: like it's been like half <laughs> a year. It's been a long time, but
0: <laughs> but it was only because it was a baking book and like uh, dessert and cocktail books. We generally kind of break them up into a longer span, so uh, we're not uh, eating baked goods every day or drinking every day. So, uh, flour, water, salt, yeast by Ken Forkish, and um, we made some good stuff out of there. So,
1: actually, you, I made one thing from it. The yeah. rest of it was all you, um, except for the first time you made bread. Yeah, I decided to like horn my nose in and be That's like, no, because you got you got pissed I, off at me. You're like, this was supposed to be my project.
0: Yeah, well, and then I got to put my science cap on for this.
1: But, and then the, I think I ended up finishing the first couple. I ended up finishing the first couple loaves, but then it was all you.
0: The assist.
1: Because mm-hmm. the book is very, very specific, really wordy. And I just, like, yeah. right now I don't have the mental bandwidth for it. But we got some great loaves of bread. I made some cookies from it yesterday. Yeah.
0: And then we went and did a little, uh, little fire pit with some close friends of ours, mm-hmm. and uh, probably one of the last kind of social gatherings that we'll do in Chicago before our big move, which we talked about last episode. So if you haven't listened to that yet, check it out, and we'll you'll get all the all the details. Yeah, and um, here's
1: the thing: once we are done with, um, are we? Once we're done with the book that we're working on, we are going to. Pack up our kitchen, pack up our pantry, and then we are going to live on takeout
0: and delivery and delivery. Yes, and salad in a bag. Salad in a bag. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be like we're touring musicians or something, it's gonna be awesome,
1: babe. I got your bag of salad.
0: Yep, you (laughs) probably that's that sounds weird. So you probably won't notice any uh, hiccups on the Instagram feed because we do work in advance and we've got plenty of stuff available to share with you during our move. Um, But behind the scenes, um, this will be the final book in our Chicago home until we move. Yeah. Um, Who knows? I don't know. Maybe we'll incorporate more like... Take out restaurant delivery reviews and, and you know showcase some of that once we move. Sure. That could be a fun little project. I'm game. In for addition anything. to the cookbooks. We need to branch out from cookbooks, right. even though that's kind of the core of what we do. We have other interests I know. in the food community. So stay tuned. Um, what's for dinner tonight?
1: For dinner, uh, we are doing hot and sour soup from Chinese Food Made Easy. And hot and Sour is one of it is Besides yes, it is my favorite soup, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. Yes. It's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um and I also love Tom Kaga too. That is that would be a second and then I think my third favorite soup is just like
0: Wow. You've got a, a, a laundry list of favorite soups. <laughs> I might have to think for a second. <laughs> I do like a good pozole.
1: <gasps> oh yeah, pozole should see. Pozole, your pozole mist is pulling growing. up in the rear. Yeah. Third. Third place. pozole. Yep.
0: All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a little a nice little thanks camp. for listening to soup talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and for once it's not ninety degrees here in Chicago. It's so, gorgeous. We yeah. have our windows open. We'll be able to enjoy this soup without sweating. It's gonna mm. be awesome.
1: Yeah, it's going to be like you won't be sitting over the bowl. Your nose is running. You're kind of sweating and you're like, oh, the soup is delicious.
0: Gross. <laughs> all right. Let's 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 move on to this, this so uh, show topic. You're by me. No, I'm not annoyed at all. I love you. Uh, I love you too, babe. All right. Favorite cake flavor was our show topic for this episode. And we put this out to social media. We got some good... Uh, Good answers, and I I, had to actually kind of think on it a second because it wasn't something I'd really considered previously.
1: I know exactly what you're going to say.
0: Do you? I do. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You want to start with the listener answers? Absolutely. Okay. Um,
1: Beth B. said carrot cake with cream cheese frosting. Classic. It is. I'm so picky about carrot cake, though, because I've had, you know.
0: I kind of like when it's got a, a, a bit more assertive spice to it.
1: I do, and it has to be...
0: No, I get. It. Yeah, I get. I've, it. Yeah. I've
1: had far too many bad carrot cakes, but yeah. I know how good a good carrot cake can be. So I like, still really love it. And I like
0: the frost, the cream cheese frosting on it, but in moderation because generally it tends to be kind of sweet. And so if you put this big thick heaping layer on there i i feel like it tilts it more into that territory for my personal taste
1: i've got i've got thoughts on that too yeah we'll get to it
0: okay (laughs) uh jeff c said uh minimal chocolate frosting as we just discussed vanilla cake and he said what can i say i'm basic you
1: know what i love it
0: i'd say you're classic that
1: yes and that sounds so fucking delicious right now yeah Yum. Yum! Um, uh, we into kitchen at We into kitchen said vanilla pineapple, Whoa. both very emphatically.
0: Yeah, I had not considered pineapple. That that sounds lovely.
1: I was going to say I've never had a pineapple cake, but I've made several. Oh yeah, pineapple, pineapple upside, upside down cake. Absolutely. Oh
0: yeah, that sounds mm-hmm. good. Uh, at books by Brooklyn's said uh, Victoria sponge. Do you know what that is?
1: Um.
0: I don't think I know. Yes, yes. British thing.
1: It is a British thing. I've made one probably two times in my life when I like did my pastry, my pastry block, okay. um, and I think I actually had to do one for a final. And other than that, like I feel like the only exposure that Americans get to a Victoria sponge is by watching the Great British Bake Off.
0: That's probably my point of reference. Yeah. Right? Got to turn my ringer off. We're running a professional <laughs> operation here.
1: Uh, Who is the unprofessional uh, balmer? Right?
0: Um, at, at the Spaghetti Podcast said Red Velvet. Another classic it's one. It's another favorite been one. It's been a hot minute since I've had a red velvet cake. I know. All right. What else you got?
1: Uh, Maxwell Gregory 2018 said Coconut.
0: Interesting. That was a reg. That was in a regular rotation in my childhood for Easter.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. My mom the, lamb, like the lamb, the lamb. That or
0: like an Easter bunny okay. shaped cake, and then it would always have like the, the coconut
1: f- for the fur. Yes, mm-hmm. yes.
0: I was just, I was just reminded of that. Um, what do you got for your picks?
1: Um, so, mine. Okay, it has to be a naked cake because I really nude. don't nude uh, because I don't love frosting. But uh, my first choice is vanilla with funfetti. And cream cheese frosting. Okay. Yes, like a funfetti vanilla, really vanilla cake. Sure. And then my second is a coconut cake with lime curd filling and a coconut cream cheese frosting. Sounds nice. very sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, can I guess yours?
0: Sure. So I, I have two. One is from my youth.
1: Which is German chocolate. Yep. And...
0: And then this is, this is I like made it for your birthday.
1: Right? Tracey Chase. Yeah. Yes.
0: Did you peek at my answers no. while I was gone? No. Yep. You just. Know I love me so you, well. and I know you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I was when I was growing up, German chocolate was kind of my go-to cake. If I if I could put in a request for like a birthday or something, I've made and him
1: several German yeah. chocolate birthday cakes.
0: But it, and then they would always appear in the form of like. Uh, I remember one year I got a hockey cake with like hockey players on it. You know, when you could go to the store and get all the little figures to put on the cake. I mean, you can still
1: do that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) They, They have those, huh?
1: They do. They didn't do away with them.
0: Where have I been?
1: You're so cute.
0: There's this place called Michael's, dumbass. Um Oh. So then uh <laughs> motorcycle. I remember I got a motorcycle cake, which is kind of funny because like I was a little kid. I, I guess maybe I, I like motorcycles. I
1: keep being a kid I and mean, liking motorcycles. You know, in my
0: adulthood, then I rode motorcycles all the time and got really into it, but I don't remember being really into motorcycles when I was a kid. Really? Maybe I was. I don't know. Well wow. hockey. <laughs> I, was, I thought I was going to be a hockey goalie. I know. I played hockey all throughout up until high school.
1: And I still can't believe that you were the goalie. That yep. is the most insane position. Like, you're just inviting people to hurt you.
0: Yeah, I. the thought of standing <laughs> there while someone shoots a hard rubber puck at my head uh, as hard as they can terrifies me now. But back then, I was fearless.
1: You were real dumb, kid. Yep.
0: <laughs> And I, I you know, when I was a kid, I thought that uh, I was going to be the goalie for the Minnesota North Stars. And then they broke my heart and moved away from Minnesota to Texas of all places. The
1: Minnesota North Star is like the only sports jersey that I've ever owned
0: really yes that's okay because i I, i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna you know make a statement here and and i don't care who disagrees with it
1: and i'm gonna let him go off but i'm gonna say i fully 1000 percent, agree with him
0: there's nothing more unsexy than uh and this is this applies to men and females so don't take this as like some kind of sexist thing but there's nothing more unsexy than like adults in like oversized jerseys like hockey jerseys and football jerseys and stuff and i'm I'm uh, that's my hill i'll die on it fight me
1: i won't fight you yep
0: <laughs> unless you're playing on the team out on the field you have no business wearing that ugly ill-fitting jersey hey if you want to put a t-shirt on that has like the logo support the team i'm, I'm fully endorse that go for it you're at the game Go nuts. See, and I but think that this, is I like, think
1: that's a good compromise. Baggy,
0: dressy. Oh, I'm getting all worked <laughs> up over here. Man. <sighs> oh. Ew. There's there's nothing more disappointing than seeing like a really attractive person in a in jersey
1: when i was a football <laughs> cheerleader in high school all the girls had football jerseys made and we would wear them with our skirts and oh my god how of hideous like <laughs> gross <laughs> okay
0: yeah so Ooh. german chocolate <laughs> tres leches I, I like to think my my tastes have kind of evolved yes since, since childhood
1: i love a good tres leches oh my too. god mm. it's a
0: favorite Oh. Um. So let's let's jump into everyday dinners by Jessica Merchant. Let's do um, it. This was interesting because we got this book, and upon first glance, it's probably we're probably not the target audience for this book. Nor would it be something that people might initially think that we it would appeal to us. Mm-hmm. But once I got past the kind of you know busy. So, like simple, quick recipes for a busy family narrative, I was like, these recipes actually look really good. And, yes. And, and I was really um, excited that the largest chapter um, in the book was devoted to like meat meatless uh, meals. Mm-hmm. And so we like excitedly dove in without hesitation and um, we were not disappointed overall. Correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Anything else to add before we talk about the the dishes we made?
1: No, but I do have to say, like, it's funny because I don't, like, obviously, yes, we don't subscribe to the, you know, like, busy mom type thing. But I still kind of love, usually if there is a cookbook, I will skip through that kind of stuff or just skim it. But I actually always do like to read, like, the tips and tricks because... While most of them I'm just like, eh I don't need to bother with that. Sometimes you can learn really helpful stuff. Yeah. You know, so I agree. just even if something isn't your stees, just give it give it a chance.
0: We try and keep an open mind mm-hmm. when we do these books. Like we've we've done a book um that was inspired by uh gaming
1: yes. before. I The last time I picked up a remote control console or like a video game console, it was...
0: Was it Destiny? Was that the name of the game? Yes, it was. I, a game that I've never heard of. No. Yeah.
1: But like the last time I played a video game was when we had an Intellivision.
0: <laughs> no, that's not true because we had a... Did we have a PlayStation upstairs we have a we a oh, we that's what it was
1: but i got that well i mean you yeah did more we have the
0: like fitness exercise stuff on there. Stuff. it wasn't really like video gaming i guess but, but I, I mean
1: we would we would do the bowling and yeah stuff. that's right and we've like we've done it at your brother's house too yeah but i mean that kind of like that's not like gamer like
0: yeah, yeah. i'm that's a world i'm not familiar mm-hmm. with and make no apologies about because i'm 50 years old and I should not be playing video games. Yeah, but anyway, that in my youth.
1: Yeah, our whole point is like, (laughs) just if even if something doesn't seem appealing to you outright. Give it a chance. And Don't
0: that that also goes for people too. Are you saying not to judge a book by its cover? I think
1: I might be. What? Oh. Hey, I think I just, <laughs> I think you just invented a new uh, catchphrase. Yeah, There you go. I'm, I'm
0: going to copyright it. Um, do it. Author Jessica Merchant has a popular uh, social media blog called How, how Sweet Eats. And uh, I think that's kind of how she gained her popularity. Uh-huh. Has a, a ton of followers. She's had... Uh, previous cookbooks and this was her newest one and I guess without further ado let's talk about the dishes we made and then we'll discuss them in a little bigger detail.
1: Sure Um, I'll just go down with a quick list. Um, First we did the stone fruit halloumi salad. Can I just say our dog, Olive, walked by and just crop dusted. And it's, did
0: she really? It's
1: disgusting.
0: You're on the other uh, end of the table. It wasn't yes. me, I swear.
1: <laughs> I know it wasn't. <laughs> I know.
0: That was pretty stealth of her, though, because she did just kind of like, like really like breeze by and just like as quick as she appeared, she was gone. And am just it was, like,
1: woo. It was almost like it was intentional. <laughs> I, with her, and it probably knowing was. Knowing her personality,
0: wouldn't be surprised. Okay, right.
1: so stone fruit halloumi salad. Uh, Baked sweet potato soup, crispy orange cauliflower, lemon, pea, arugula, and black pepper gnocchi, sheet pan cilantro lime chicken, and smoky stuffed poblanos.
0: You can tell we were intrigued by this book because we made a ton of stuff from it. Yeah, we did. Um, It's always a good sign of a book. And and when we were doing our uh, intensive research for this podcast, like we always do... (laughs) And I was paging through it. I was like, oh, man, there's all these other things that we could have chosen. And mm-hmm. I'm sure it would have been great. So that might be a book that I, I want to hold on to and just like kind of revisit some of the recipes that we didn't get around to or something.
1: And I feel like a lot of this food is really great summer food because it is yes. really vegetable focused. And yeah, well,
0: well, let's talk stone fruit. Halloumi salad. All right. So, really, the only time-consuming step in this recipe was um, removing the the pit from mm-hmm. all the different stone fruit, which you generously yes. agreed to do. You're quite the trooper. <laughs>
1: well, we did plums, apricots, nectarines, cherries, um, and here is okay. So,
0: did you do any pluots?
1: I think I did have a Pluot. Yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) I just like saying that.
1: (laughs) So I hate like one-use devices. Um, I think one of the few... Well, yeah. I hate one-use devices. The less of them that I can have, the better. So instead of using... Instead of getting like a cherry pitter, what I do is I take a wine bottle, set the cherry on top, and then push the pit through with the small end of uh, a chopstick.
0: And it works great. It works
1: great. So little-
0: You're welcome everyone. Little (laughs)
1: tip from me to- Kitchen hack. Yes. Um, So yeah, let's talk about the salad.
0: I mean, nothing screams summer more than something like this, like stone fruit, and then um, there was a simple basil vinaigrette mm-hmm. that goes on top of it. And then uh, the base of the salad is arugula, and which actually I thought that worked really well with the stone fruit. So you have the sweetness of the stone fruit with like the kind of peppery notes of the arugula.
1: Yep. And the, uh, the halloumi gets uh, browned up in a nonstick skillet. And so then you get that nice little crust and you get the squeaky chew
0: we are not halloumi merchants nor are (laughs) we shareholders in any uh halloumi corporations but for the love of god people if you haven't tried halloumi and and grilling it do do yourself a favor because it's life-changing it's super good and
1: and then also this uh the salad had a bunch of herbs in it like we had basil parsley thyme So whole leaves of that were thrown in there and then it gets finished off with that. Um, I think we had this uh,
0: with a a flatbread. So you know what occurred to me from this recipe Uh is how... And I think this is kind of an American thing, but like how narrowly defined a salad is here for most people. So if... If most people decided that they wanted to have a salad for lunch or dinner, it would probably consist of iceberg lettuce and then you know maybe like some bacon bits and maybe like the standard issue vegetables like cherry tomatoes and like some cucumber and then maybe like some thousand island dressing. And and when you start to think more broadly of like what could compose a salad, Such as stone fruits and then, like, grilling up some halloumi cheese and then throwing, like... I think the key for this was, like, the fresh herbs, too. So, like, just take a ton of, like, basil, parsley, thyme, chop it up really finely, put that on there for, like, this little flavor bomb. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like...
1: I don't know. I kind of disagree with you. I get get that, like that is your frame of reference because those are the kind of salads that we had growing up, right? Like, but I think nowadays, like the the fast casual chains and like. Places like Panera and stuff are putting like more sophisticated salads on their menu. Okay. Maybe so, I'm not giving
0: them enough credit. Yeah. I just, that's always my, I, I feel like people have such a narrow definition of what makes a salad. And, and you could put just about anything that. Absolutely. You, know, you could let your imagination run wild and really reimagine mm-hmm. like what a salad should be. hmm. So. That was my takeaway. That was my hot take from this.
1: Okay, yeah. duly noted. Yeah. Um yeah, the the salad was lovely. It was like it screamed summer. It was sweet and peppery and herbaceous and one technical critique Oh, I know what you're going to say.
0: is uh the accompanying photo for this recipe had some cherries that still had le- the pits in it. Uh-huh. Which obviously are not edible. Um, I'm assuming maybe it was just for like aesthetic reasons. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, that was not the only instance in this book. It does have. Yeah, there are
1: like discrepancies with the uh, recipes and the photos.
0: And I'm sure I, you know, because the author Jessica Merchant takes her own photos. Mm and I'm assuming a lot of these probably appeared on her blog first before making it into this new cookbook. Um, they could have evolved over time mm-hmm. from the time yes. the photo was posted to the time the recipe was you know, developed and tested and made it into the book, and then they just uh, did not up, update the photo. So minor thing, but yeah. we see it a lot in cookbooks, I feel like.
1: It's kind of a it's it's a little bit of a pet peeve for me. Yeah, because they like.
0: omit ingredients. There's ingredients in there that aren't mentioned. Mm-hmm. There's preparations or discrepancies with like how something is you know cut or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's just the first one. All right. Um, should we move on to the baked sweet potato soup? Sure thing. All right. So this was a pretty easy dish aside from the time it takes to roast a sweet potato. Hmm. Um, one thing we'll probably get into when we discuss our rankings is how um, she takes a kind of unique approach to uh, like dinner prep. And there's like this 10-minute, uh, mm-hmm. you know, devote 10 minutes per day to your weekly prep so that it's not a gigantic project for one single day. Mm-hmm. Um And in the case of the sweet potato soup, you could roast the sweet potato earlier in the week, earlier in the day, whatever, and then just use it for this dish once once it's ready. Um, What else can we say about this?
1: Um, Let's see. It had bacon and goat cheese, which yum. How about that? And then it had a little bit of smokiness from smoked paprika and... um, there was sautéed onions and garlic, which we cooked in, in the bacon fat. Um, super simple. The flavor was lovely.
0: I mean, this would be like if Wilco was the headliner, but then all of a sudden they said, oh, Elvis Costello and Tom Waits are also going to play on the show, like the sweet potato I would and say I would, no, I would no, I would say in. I would
1: say Tom Waits would be the the headline.
0: Oh, it doesn't matter. They're all <laughs> like interchangeably awesome. So
1: okay. all right. Yeah. There you go. Sure. All <laughs> right, the text <laughs> thing
0: <laughs> I don't think you were getting what I was putting down. No, I totally picking up what I was putting down. I
1: was totally picking up what you were putting down. All right. But I have to say, for me personally, I would choose Tom Waits as the headliner. You're going to
0: rearrange the the bill? I
1: absolutely am. You're
0: going to have to talk to the promoter. I know. uh, I'm not talking to anyone about it. It's their decision, really. All right. You shush your mush.
1: (laughs) Okay, so the next thing we're doing is crispy orange cauliflower, which is, I guess, like kind of a take on orange chicken. Yeah. Um,
0: Popular takeout menu item. Um. I feel like cauliflower, for a long, the longest time, was kind of underrated. Well, probably until about like eight years ago, yeah, I think. Didn't get a lot of love, and now it's 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 all the rage. Well, when Everyone people loves it.
1: when people start doing like keto diets and paleo diets, you know, like they make make substitutions. So you've got like cauliflower pizza crust, um, cauliflower rice. Yes, and actually, I. Usually, have a bag or two of rice cauliflower in the freezer from Trader Joe's. They have a really nice, um, it's kind of, I think it's like a Mexican rice cauliflower. It tastes delicious. I think
0: we discussed it on the previous episode <laughs> because we, we had, we used it for a lunch or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Something.
0: Um, but yeah. So, uh, d- cauliflower, I, one of the things that, Stuck out about this book too is that she's really big on roasting vegetables to amp up the flavor. She even had
1: actually had a paragraph. She's like, Roast the heck out of them. Yes. Like, it's the best way to get the flavor.
0: And, you know, in spite of these recipes being pretty simple and easy, I don't feel like. S- Flavor was sacrificed.
1: Absolutely not.
0: And she she was very attentive to make sure that everything had like a nice depth of flavor Mm -hmm. um, from the beginning and and something that you were kind of building in the dish. So
1: I do have to say, like for me, this was the most fussy Mm -hmm. uh, because you had to do. Man, I need to turn off my devices. Too many devices. God.
0: Somewhere Um, in our house, something is alerting us.
1: Usually we're very good about turning off everything and we just didn't do that. I wonder um, if I
0: got those uh, Wilco, Tom Waits, Elvis Casello tickets that I was bidding on.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, you had to do like the whole like dredging stations and stuff, which tends to get messy and whatever. So
0: there was a companion sauce to this that had honey... Uh, chili, garlic, brown sugar, soy, and orange zest and orange juice. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of sweet and spicy. Um, and then we served this with some coconut rice, mm-hmm. which was great. And then uh, we didn't, we weren't pleased with the level of color on our cauliflower. No, we weren't. So we reached for it the- was, and it
1: was fully done. It was yeah. fully cooked, but it just didn't achieve the color that we thought it needed to be at.
0: Pirate's favorite color. (laughs) Sure. So we reach for the butane torch. We don't have one of those fussy culinary torches anymore. We had one and I can never start the goddamn thing. So now we have a a regular old Home Depot special butane torch that I can also like solder some pipes with. Yep. It's like. Yep. And and (laughs) that thing will put a char on something in no time at all. Like five seconds. Yes, It will. So that's what we use.
1: Um, This was another one that I really, really liked, though. Yeah. So um, the next thing we did was lemon, pea, arugula, and black pepper gnocchi.
0: Okay. All right. You want want to talk about uh, your your issue with gnocchi?
1: Okay. So I, I want to say I like gnocchi. I will always... I mean, I have no problems making it. But I have this thing with the texture of it. Like, even if it tastes really good, the texture still, like, weirds me out. So I can't fully enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Well, and even though I enjoy it, I, I can totally understand what you're saying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I, I get it. It. it it it's it's not a mystery to me how someone could maybe find it a little off putting.
1: Yeah, but this recipe was super easy. It called for like a pre packaged gnocchi that you can get like in the re- like in the refrigerator section.
0: Yep. Um, well, and-, and unlike previous preparations where we do it in the pan, this goes on a sheet tray. Yeah. In the yeah. Oven well, and-
1: it it gets tossed really quick with like um, black pepper and some lemon juice and zest, and then it goes in the oven um and it cooks for like 20 minutes yeah. and then towards the end you uh, you add uh frozen peas and arugula and then once it's done you put some grated parmesan some red pepper flake um lots of fresh chopped herbs um oh yeah and we also grilled up some lemons to use uh for the photo but the i mean the grilled lemon juice the grilled lemon juice that sounds so stupid um (laughs) we're generally not
0: fans of non-edible garnishes yes but in this case we made an exception because it looked really lovely in the photo
1: yes but i also like the juice from the grilled lemons too yeah i think it adds like another little dimension of flavor
0: but if Um, you're gonna put like an entire sprig of rosemary atop something, that drives me
1: bananas bananas not not
0: a fan of non-edible garnishes so
1: yeah this is us being like a little bit hypocritical
0: note to chefs knock it off yeah cut it out
1: or like when you see the uh top of the pineapple on uh like on like a fruit tray yeah don't do that yeah um so anyway the flavor of this was lovely and i ate some and i enjoyed it but then i was like ooh, it's kind of getting to me wasn't
0: your jam no it wasn't i I had it the following day for lunch and it was delicious of
1: course it was
0: let's talk sheet pan cilantro lime chicken so we made like three different sheet pan dishes Mm -hmm. from this book because there was plenty within the pages um this was great. Um, the only substitution we made was uh, chicken thighs instead of the chicken breast, which is just a personal preference.
1: Generally, unless a recipe is like poach a chicken breast, because usually it will be cut very nicely or something. Other than that, we will go to chicken thighs. That's what the flavors
0: that? Yo, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, they don't get dried out. It's and then easy. there was
0: uh, this really vibrant cilantro lime mixture that mm-hmm. we drizzled on the chicken before baking and then there was some whole garlic cloves and then uh it called for thinly sliced green bell pepper i think we've mentioned before we're not fans so we use poblanos you mm-hmm. get the same color um
1: the very very mildest hint of heat yeah
0: um, yeah, don't get us started on green peppers. No. And really? then some red onion went in there and they, they were actually like roasted on the sheet tray this time. Mm-hmm. So there's not raw red onion issue, which is something else we're kind of vehemently opposed to. Um, and then there, here's another uh, issue with one of the recipe photos. Frozen corn, while mentioned in the recipe, were nowhere to be found in the companion photograph. Um, we added ours toward the end of the cooking mm-hmm. time. They didn't really need a lot of time to, to cook up. Um, we,
1: we added that with, um, a little bit of what did we add with it? Oh, cotilla cheese.
0: I think it's cotija.
1: Cotija? Yeah. <laughs> and sure. And then, uh, we had some more grilled citrus. Yeah. That we threw in there.
0: Sliced jalapenos made mm-hmm. an appearance. Um, And then you do reserve some of that cilantro lime mixture. So make sure for the love of all things holy that you don't like put that in contact with raw chicken. No. Set set a little bit aside first. Yeah. Then brush it all over the chicken before it goes in the oven. Um,
1: Nobody needs to be cross contaminated.
0: That would ruin a dinner party.
1: Yes, it would.
0: Yes. You don't have enough bathrooms in your house. Could
1: you imagine what an asshole you would feel like? Like it is my worst nightmare to have people over for dinner, cook them food, and then you find out they all got sick. I'm
0: sure it's every chef's nightmare. Oh, my God. Well, now you have to worry about like people not getting sick from your food but getting COVID because they won't put on a goddamn mask. Yep. Ah, People. All right. Before I... Jump on my soapbox again.
1: He's turning into grandpa on the soapbox. Let's
0: uh, let's move on to our last dish. Smoky stuffed poblanos.
1: So Johnny made me stuffed peppers one time. They weren't. uh, Go ahead. They weren't great. No, they
0: weren't. Admittedly.
1: They were filled with like ground beef, I think, and rice. And the rice was
0: undercooked. I think there were some gummy bears in there too.
1: No, there were no gummy bears in there. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> this was kinda early on in our relationship when I was still kind of navigating cooking and I I was not a very confident cook, but I, I thought like oh stuffed peppers, I've seen that on TV. I'll make this not, not even thinking that this probably wasn't your jam. No. Um and it was like stuffed red bell pepper. Yeah, it was gross. I don't remember exactly what was in it. <laughs>
1: I mean I appreciate you trying. Yeah. So
0: Uh, Um, so imagine my surprise when I'm looking through this book and this was actually one of the recipes that Victoria had kind of like bookmarked Mm -hmm. as a, as a possible, uh, a feature. So there you go.
1: Uh, let's see. Well, and it was filled with, um, cooked jasmine rice, some ground beef, um, Cumin, and it had cumin, paprika, some chili powder. I
0: think it's safe to say I did not add any of that to uh, my attempt. <laughs> it was at still when peppers. he
1: was like getting to know spices, like yep. he was kind of
0: we were, accepting we, that you knew we were to acquainted, but we weren't friends, right? We weren't BFFs.
1: Um, and th- the photo had cheese in it. The recipe did not call for cheese, but we had some mozzarella on hand, so we decided why not?
0: Yeah, and then there was an avocado crema, mm-hmm. which went atop this, and it, as well as a little quick pico de gallo. So this was probably one of the more involved recipes we mm-hmm. did, just because of the different components. But even with that, like nothing took more than a few minutes to throw together. Yeah. So even though it was like you know, hey, add this avocado crema, add this pico de gallo fine another 10 minutes of work yeah so well those
1: are things that you can make ahead of time as well yeah so
0: well before we jump into our rankings let's discuss the most critical amazon reviews for this book and i found two
1: all right you want me to start with the first one sure
0: go for it first
1: one is marilyn walker she gave it two out of five stars i hate her already (laughs) she said disappointing every meal seems like a side dish Where's a hearty meal? Very disappointed that I fell for hype and ordered this book. Okay, number one, you got a goddamn sheet pan of food.
0: Yeah, how is this not enough food for anyone? And, I mean, we'll talk about this in the rankings. Every recipe fed two to four people. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, unless you're cooking for a family... And they maybe, all have hearty appetites. Like, this should have been plenty of food.
1: Maybe it's just because, like, the vegetable dishes, like, v- like, vastly outnumbered the meat and seafood and poultry dishes. Sure. Like, I... Is I, that a bad thing? No, absolutely not. But I, I get that some people don't feel like they've really eaten until they've gotten, like, their
0: uh, meat it, and potato. Like... There's plenty of people that want meat and three or meat and two. Yeah. And if they don't get it, there's a mutiny. (laughs) All right. And then uh, another one, uh, two out of five stars said, avid fan, disappointed. I have drooled and dreamed of being able to make every recipe in Jessica's previous books. I fell in love with her other books because of the way the ingredients were used to make tastes that I hadn't even imagined, making recipes very unique. Uh, I follow her weekly blog also. I felt that many of the recipes in everyday dinners were recipes that have become mainstays in other cookbooks that I own, and no dessert section. I will be sending my copy back. hmm yeah, she wants to speak to Jessica's manager.
1: It's kind of a bummer though that she's like hmm. calls herself a big fan and she's disappointed
0: I mean, I don't feel as if this was like big departure from no. her social media or her other books. no so, I don't either. Um, I I did. We'll talk about this in the rankings. I I did. The, the the lack of dessert section did not go unnoticed. Yeah, I thought that was you know obviously it's a conscious choice on her part, um, but there you go. Okay. Well, you want to talk about our rankings? Sure. Let's start with food photography and styling. Okay. What'd you give it, Victoria?
1: Um, I gave it a five. Okay. Uh, it's not overly styled, which is, like kind of keeps on track with the whole point of the book. Um, Lots of macro shots, lots of fresh ingredient shots, um, mostly light backgrounds. And it was pretty much all food photos, except for at the very beginning where she did her introduction. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I, I really thought the food looked beautiful. Um, which is why I can appreciate that everything was kind of plain, mm-hmm. too, because it really did, like, I felt like her recipes highlighted the food, and I felt
0: that the photos did the same thing. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. All that's, right. That's that.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what would you give it?
1: I gave it five. Okay. I did as well. Oh.
0: Um, so there were several, what I called, like, raw ingredient photos of You know, works in progress, um, ingredients that were going into something, Mm -hmm. a lot of overhead shots, um, usually with a utensil tucked inside. So I don't know if you noticed that, but for all of the soup recipes, there was a spoon Mm -hmm. tucked into the bowl or like a fork tucked into the salad, um, which I think subconsciously kind of creates this like very inviting... Mm-hmm. Kind of meal. I'm sure. I'm sure it's uh, you know people smarter than me would be able to explain. But it's 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 probably a, a food styling trick. Um, most of the sheet pan slash casserole casserole dis, ca- <laughs> that guy's a casserole. <laughs> <laughs> casserole dishes are more like close up mm-hmm. as opposed to like some of the other ones that had a little bit more distance and accoutrements on them. Um, all the photos I felt definitely had kind of a social media quote unquote feel to them, which makes sense because that's where her, uh, beginnings are. And I'm sure a lot of these were probably shared on social media prior to going in the book. Um, kind of reminiscent of what we do. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought there was like some similarities between, uh, how she styled and photographed the food which I appreciated sure um the colors were natural looking mm-hmm. without being like artificially like amplified um like you said very unfussy unfussy styling lots of crumbs and drips mm-hmm. from the sauces and dressings uh I really love the props and uh, surfaces that she chose to photograph um but really this is all about the food mm-hmm. um she could have easily included photos of herself and her family. And there, there's a couple photos within the but book. those are but at the beginning. Yeah, it's not excessive. But she chose to focus on the food and the recipes. And I thought that was like a, a great, because we've, we've worked through other books where it's just like one candid photo of, you know, the person after another. And this was not that kind of yeah. book. And it very well could have been mm-hmm. if she had made that choice. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Sure. Five.
1: All right. What'd you give it for a design and layout?
0: I gave it a four.
1: Okay.
0: Um, all the recipes fit on one page. Mm-hmm. There's a nice bold title. Um, all the dishes serve two to four people. So there's some consistency within the the portions. All the recipes ar- revolve around this concept that we mentioned earlier. That's kind of this 10 minute meal prep, which is kind of the cornerstone of the book. Yep. Um, where and when you can fit this in throughout your day rather than attempting to do it all at once because we've all read those kind of blogs and and cookbooks where it's it's like very centered on meal prep Mm -hmm. and it's like take a Sunday and spend your entire Sunday prepping meals for the whole day. It's a
1: waste of a day.
0: It is. Um, While this uh, concept is not optional, it's flexible, which is what I thought was kind of unique um the author plans for and shops for uh about 3 to 4 meals each week and then leaves some open days for pantry meals, takeout, restaurant visits, which i think is kind of how we plan and shop. Uh, for the, the most week.
1: part, we'll usually do like four or five meals and then we'll do like a pantry or a takeout.
0: Yeah. And I I thought that was like a good compromise, more practical. Um, And the reasons for this, I thought this was really interesting because she had kind of a little like bullet point list of like, I want variety. Mm -hmm. I get bored. Mm -hmm. I want to eat what I want in the moment. Um, I want something fresh. I don't want to eat the same thing for lunch every day. And that's, that's a big one for me personally is like when you do this meal prep stuff, that's great if you're fine with eating the same thing for the next five days for yeah. lunch. Not that's not me.
1: Well, you're the human garbage can when I, it comes well, to yes. lunch. So
0: yes, um, and but also you know you don't want to spend you don't want to spend an entire day on your weekend cooking, especially if you have a family. That's yeah. your days off and yeah. that's your leisure time. So uh, like I thought this was a really refreshing approach. It's mm-hmm. like you know th- it might be impossible to block out a 4 or 5 hour period of time on a weekend to do meal prep but you could certainly block out 10 minutes on this day 10 minutes here between meetings 10 minutes you know when you get home whatever you know and, and, and it makes it a little bit more manageable and i thought that was really clever okay um she talks a lot about cooking without a recipe Mhm. Uh-huh. And just how you become comfortable and skilled at doing that? Uh-huh. And I thought there was some really great tips there because I I think a lot of this book is designed around trying to get people a little bit more comfortable and confident in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, the whole first part of the book it kind of addresses that and like she's very supportive and, you know, encourages people to
0: and she's quick to point out that like, there's no shortcut. You just have to get in there and start cooking, mm-hmm. and over time, you'll get more confident. You'll get more comfortable. You'll learn tips and tricks, and um, I thought that was like great advice because I I think a lot of people just want that immediacy of I want to do this and I want it to turn out and absolutely and. and, and it doesn't always work that way. You just have to you you have to put in the work. You got to roll mm-hmm. roll up your sleeves and get to work. Um otherwise I I mentioned the chapters are divided into things like sauces and dressings, meatless, which was by far the largest section, mm-hmm. and then just all the different, you know, proteins like poultry, pork, beef, seafood, and then a section devoted to side dishes. Yep. But uh yeah. four I thought this was a, a good design and layout sure what'd you have
1: I gave it a four as well the recipes are really concise um and some of the intros also have like mentioned like substitutes that you can make or you know just a tip to like maybe make it a little easier um and then at the And also at the bottom of the page, like you were talking how it's based around the 10-minute meal prep. On every page, there's like a a tip as to how you can like...
0: Right, like this is what what you can can do ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, So I really appreciate that. Um, And also like we were talking, the beginning section just kind of walks, you know, walks through like how to become a better cook mm-hmm. and everything. Um, so yeah, I mean, you covered a lot of the stuff that
0: she had some great advice. I don't know if I covered that, mm-hmm. but you know, it was like, learn the basics, familiarize yourself with spices. Like we were talking earlier, mm-hmm. get comfortable with spices. Don't be a perfectionist. I think no. that's, that's, I think that's what a lot of people overlook when cooking, f- at home cooking from a book cooking from a recipe is it's not a pass fail situation no you know there might be something that didn't turn out maybe as you expected or as you had hoped it's still edible you're not gonna have to call for takeout
1: yeah or if something doesn't look like you expected it you know big deal is it delicious if it is great eat it then you succeeded yeah um yeah uh degree of difficulty I gave it a 1. I thought I would like wholeheartedly give this book to a novice yep. and be like here you go you're going to have fun with this. Mm-hmm. Um instructions were really clear. There were no difficult cooking techniques and for as easy as the recipes were, like well I'll get onto that later. But what did you give it?
0: I gave it a 1 as well. Okay. Wow. We're on the same page so far. They couldn't be easier. There's no baking or desserts Mm -hmm. to complicate things. Lots of soups and salads that require very little time or cooking skill or technique. Um, Like you said, this is the perfect beginner cookbook or maybe someone with a family that's looking for meal inspiration, uh, especially with a focus on fresh, healthy ingredients. And even though the recipes were fairly quick and simple, I didn't feel like flavor was compromised at all.
1: No, so that's kind of rolling in. Okay, so the rolling into taste.
0: Yeah. What did you give it? I gave it a five. Yes. No no issues. And I mean, we'll talk about this Chinese food made easy in a future episode. I feel like in their effort to make, all these recipes super simple and quick, some of the flavor was sacrificed. Whereas with this book, they're still quick and simple, but she was very mindful of still building up the flavors from the ground up Mm -hmm. and and making sure that um, flavor was not compromised.
1: Yes, Um, I gave it a five as well. Um, Wow, this is like,
0: Only about the second or third time I think where we have like the exact same rankings for everything. That's awesome. Um, I think you looked at my sheets when I was gone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I promise you, I didn't. Um, The food is like, like it seriously is all about the food and the the. I love when a recipe has the seasoning spot on. Like there is no, Mm -hmm. there's no, add a little bit of this, and add a little bit of less of that, which is perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, if you like something, add more of it. Yeah, I think that comes with experience. Yeah, but like these recipes were so solid. And another thing about this book is the first section is recipes for like sauces or dressings. Mm -hmm. There's 30 recipes. And it's kind of an like which it's an important component to everything to these recipes because they are flavor builders and yes. flavor bombs um and it's a yeah it's a great way to add flavor um so i really love that she was unabashed in her love for those and
0: very mindful of it
1: absolutely yeah yeah so, all right. Okay. I think that's great. Yes. If you enjoyed the show, please rank and review us. Uh, follow us on the socials at our Instagram is at we underscore cook underscore books. And our Facebook is at we cook books.
0: All right. You know what time it is. Make me laugh. All right. Joke time. Hey, Victoria, why did the hipster chef burn his tongue? Ugh, why? He ate his food before it was cool.
1: Okay. <laughs> right? <laughs>
0: I mean, Lollapalooza was just here in Chicago a few weeks ago. I figured it was it was timely. So, Sh- sure, there you go. All right. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Wear a mask. Stay hungry. Bye.